and welcome to the latest Scots Wehey podcast. And today I'm through in Edinburgh to talk to writer Gemma Neville. Hello, Gemma. Hello. And uh, it's apt that we are on uh, Constitution Street in Edinburgh because that indeed is the name of your book, um, subtitled Finding Hope in an Age of Anxiety. We'll maybe talk about the subtitle later on, but can you tell us a little bit about Constitution Street? There are Constitution Streets all across the world, um, but I happen to think this one is quite quite special. Um, so we're, we're sat here just now um, at quite an interesting junction, actually. We're at the Hideout Cafe, um, which is the former dry salters. It's um, a maritime grocer, so we'd have stocked everything you would have needed for a voyage at sea traditionally. Right, OK. Um, it's now run by um, a, a lovely couple, a, a family who are uh, new to Scotland from the Czech Republic and Albania. Oh, wow. Yeah, so very much typifies contemporary Scotland, I think, and we've got the... Um, the old town hall, which is now the police station across from us. Um, yeah, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> That's great to be here. And I was just saying to you, having read the book as I was coming down from Leaf Walk, you start to see the statues and the places that are in uh, the book itself. So, can you talk a little bit about how how you decided to write this book in particular before we talk about the actual um, way it's structured? Sure. So I've I've lived here um, certainly at the, the, the time of um, researching this book. It was it was about a decade, and I was aware that the street was undergoing rapid social economic change. Mm-hmm. Um, its diversity of, of of housing styles and of the mix of residential and commercial is it's one of its strengths. But I was just aware that there was a, a real pace to the, the development that was happening that felt. Um, made me feel you know, quite quite anxious at the pace of that right. change. Um, and that was somehow reflective of a mood of anxiety sweeping the nation, the country at large and beyond, um, about things that were out with our control. And um, I, w- I became very interested in liminal spaces, right. places that are in between, mm-hmm. in between times, so of course we always are to some extent, and, 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 and the... The landscape of place. Here we are in between the city and the sea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in between new and, and old, and then that creates a particular type of anxious slash excited energy. So I was picking up on that mood, um, and I was also aware that human rights um, were under threat in the tabloid press and, yeah. and and from the UK government. So the, the sort of obvious thing. <laughs> Me that here I was living on Constitution Street. <clears throat> My background's human rights, right. and Constitution has has many meanings. Yes. So that's an interesting word to, to unpack, or at least it was for, for me. It's it, it's it's the it's the legal document which mm-hmm. there isn't a written Constitution in this country, but but we have constitutionalism. There's the 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 constitutional strength mm-hmm. that, that we have um, <clears throat> strong constitution yeah that's right um, to be to be stronger or weak, weak constitution um, and then there's the, the act of going for a constitutional the practice of a daily walk um, so so those three things combined seemed seemed pertinent to me yeah um, so you decided that you would take this constitutional in terms of a walk and, and, and um, it almost feels like a a discovery of your community, of your street. Uh, yeah, which in turn means a discovery of, of self, doesn't it? Yeah, we're, we're, of all, we're all part of communities, multiple. Um, and, and the act of walking um, is about 
keen attention to change. It's, a, it's an act of testimony, mm-hmm. if you want. It's bearing witness in that traditional legal notion of a, tes- of a testimony. Um, and I think, I think that was my personal protest, anyway, to, to, the, to the climate of um, division politics mm-hmm. um, that we've, we've experienced in the UK and, and, and beyond, actually, in the last, last few years. Um, I'd, I'd been privileged enough to live and work in um, different parts of the world, um, but, but I had a, an inkling that there were, there were things to discover very close to home, yeah, outside absolutely. my doorstep. Um, and so, yeah, I, I literally uh, <laughs> but set, I think that's an set about it. That's an interesting aspect of it, was, you know, we often um, look at things which are on our screens or we read in, in papers or whatever it is, and we don't look out our own window to see that actually examples of that are happening right next door. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was it like to take that first step up the walk? I mean, how did you imagine it unfolding in your head? That's what I'm interested in. Um, I'd love to say it was a big, grand, <laughs> yes, <I> am. <laughs> dramatic moment, but, but, but no, the, the, the experience of neighbourhood and community is a very mundane day-to-day one, which means it's all the more universal. Well, we all do that yeah. without putting um, any fancy methodology around it. Um, I had an inkling that leaning into the local would help me feel more grounded during this anxious age, which, yeah. which turned out to be a, a correct um, inkling. When, when we're seeking common ground, be it quite literal, the, the ground in which we walk together, or, or finding things we have in common, which is, which is of course a human reaction, isn't it? You know, yeah. I, I immediately, was, when we just met and I was finding out about where, where you call home and about your walk to get here to Constitution yeah. Street today, we're always searching out where are those common points because we want to find them. It feels good to have things in common. Um, it's both getting to know someone and in turn wanting to be liked back. I think yeah. that's a very human Absolutely. emotion. Um, regards um, the, the, the inquiry of, of, of Street and of self, um, I didn't take a very linear approach of, of numbers one, two, three, and, and, and so on, and down the street. One, because this isn't that sort of street. Right. <laughs> the, the numbers themselves are quite higgledy-piggledy. Yeah, yeah. The post office has moved locations, which reflects some of that inconsistency. Plus, we've got tenement flats, so and I've got high rights at, so um, <clears throat> it wouldn't... It wouldn't seemed to me fitting of this place to have gone about things yeah. in, in a linear way. Rather, I started with those that I knew, um, literally across the road, um, the neighbours who have been like family to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've helped bring up their children and um, they're a big part of my life and, and I asked them for introductions to others I might not know and so on and so forth. So it sort of spread out the way. Um, and I'm still doing that. It's only just yesterday I heard from a couple um, who are actually now neighbours of my, my parents in a village um, near, near Dundee, but it turns out they met at Leith Academy, the local school here, used to walk home together as sort of childhood sweethearts up and down the street. And um, the, the woman, she, she then worked in Crawford's the whiskey bottling plant nice. further along the street. Now, these are little details I never knew about. Yeah. But it's, the stories keep on coming. Um, people have been getting in touch. It's um, just it, lovely. It's a street where, because I didn't really know about it from reading the book coming from Glasgow, um, I 
it was a part of Edinburgh. Really know. I think I thought Leith Walk went all the way down. I think that was what my idea was. But then, having said to people that I was coming through to uh, do this interview or just about the book in general, there's been a, three or four people said I either lived on Constitution Street or lived nearby it when I was working in Edinburgh. And it does seem a place mm. where there's a real kind of, and spoke about it very, very fondly, about a real strong sense of community among it. Doesn't happen everywhere, you know. No, I mean it's support. Yeah. Um, the the, the is, at the, is at the far eastern yes. edge of Constitution Street, so we've always had immigration and emigration mm -hmm. waves of people coming through. Um, but it's quite a truism for um, people that I interviewed and myself included um, that we very few of us knew the street before we came to live or work here. Yeah. Um, and. That's okay, and it's also okay if you don't, if you've never heard of the street if you're yeah, reading this book. Absolutely. Because every street is a constitution street. You will certainly know a street very well where you live and work. Um, of course, I've indulged an interest in local history and, and, and place because we need to know where we've come from to, to think about where we are in the present and the future. But um, it's my hope that that. Uh, particular says something about the universal Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, I think it's in that way, because um, when I first read it, I thought this is all, feels like a guide to an area, but written by someone who already knows the area, if that makes sense, um, going into um, things in a, a deeper way than a normal guidebook would do, which is just, here's a coffee shop, here's a post office and all that. It gets behind the scenes of, of uh, what's happening. When, you know, you said you first started by talking to your neighbours and, and people who you considered to be close, when did you make the decision to tell them, though this might be in a book, because <laughs> that seems like a jump? Mm -hmm. um, so I felt a really acute duty of care mm. to, to those that I, I interviewed, um, and there aren't many secrets here, I mean, um, we do know each other well in the, the particular part of life, so... Um, I think through our conversations about about politics as well, we were quite aware of our right. different choices in, in, in many ways. Um, I don't think people took me seriously <laughs> until I said, oh, I've got a publishing contract, yeah. this is happening. And they went, oh, well, actually. But it was really important to me, um, because they are my neighbours, and, and to look them in the eye every day. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and, I, and I love them in that old-fashioned way of not always liking them, but... Yeah. <laughs> but loving them because they're my neighbours and um, so trust is really integral and I to that end went through um, full informed consent for, for each interview yes. and got that approved by University Ethics Committee um, which I think is above and beyond most journalistic um, approaches but that wasn't important to me and also to separate out um, the the experience of exploring Constitution Street and from the book of which is a, an output of that yeah. because um, <clears throat> the stories that are in the book are the ones that um, felt most resonant to the structure I gave the yeah. book at that time. It would largely be a different group of, 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 of people, of neighbours, were I to do it at this point in, in yeah. my life. That It just happens these are the stories that I heard at that time. It'd be different people if I was to do it tomorrow. Yes. And um, 
those people will then all have their own experience of the street, which are different to my own. So I don't want in any way to suggest that this is a definitive guide no, 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 to this street or not. any other. That's what I mean. It seems like a really individual thing, but yeah. a really interesting thing to do. And it actually had me looking at my um, area, local area, in a, in a new way, and you're thinking, oh, the people I speak to, the newsagents or the cafe or whatever, mm. um, do I really know their stories? Mm. And I'd like to you know, mm. know a little bit more because we are on friendly terms. But we make assumptions, don't we? Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then by and large, most of my assumptions were, were wrong. Not that I was ever crass enough to ask people, how did you vote? Yes. And whatever... Um, big decisions we've had of late, but people often wanted to tell me in confessional tones, and I was nearly always wrong if I had made an assumption. So I think that's very healthy to um, to remind yourself, to keep an open mind. No, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so going back to the, the structure of the book, you also, each chapter, not each chapter, but most of the chapters have a link to one of the United Nations um, Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Um, so that's things like the right to food, the right to work, housing, health, education, and, and others. And it struck me how many of those are, are being broken. Those, you know, if you, that's the right word. Um, on, uh, you know, outside anyone's window, you know, you can see uh, results of that. So, why did you decide to introduce that in terms of structure? Um, so, for me, this is about that that maxim of thinking global, acting local. Yeah. I really believe that the future um, is about local, local experience linking up across 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 the globe. In many ways, the nation state feels yeah. quite a, um, an outdated construct for making decisions. And the Universal Declaration was drafted in the most fragmented yeah. times of the modern world. It was just after the Second World That's War. That's right, yeah, it's 1948. Um, and um, it, it, it is from that framework that we have all subsequent international human rights legislation. Um, a few human rights are, are absolute um, and it's actually quite a high legal threshold to establish that there's been a violation of, you mentioned, the right to food, yes. the right to housing and, and, and so forth. Um, and that's for, 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 for courts, um, if it comes to that, which is... Which is um, relatively unusual to, to, to establish. But I'm interested in rights and practice. Yes. What's our experience day to day of balancing um, one another's rights and of um, of the progressive realization of rights, which is which is the legal standard. Yeah. We don't have in in Scots law we don't actually have the right to group the right to housing, to yes. healthcare and so on. These these economic, social and cultural rights is the grouping they're called. Um, but we could do in yes. a written constitution if we were to take um, an international space framework. And I think surely that's the way we must go in an interconnected world. Um, the, the, the challenges of tomorrow, mass migration of people, the, um, the climate emergency, these are things that require solutions that cross national borders. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and, and affect us most locally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, having, looking at, the, in, at various individual rights as you go through, how then did you link that in with the interviews that you were doing? Because each chapter has, a, for want of a better word, a theme. Yeah, it does. Um, and, and initially, I, I'd, I'd wanted to give voice to each um, of the rights, which is which is not um, 
comprehensive in any ways of, of, of all the UDHR articles. I, I picked 12, which, mm-hmm. which seem most pertinent to our, our lives here. Um, and I, I thought I would have um, a, a character, a neighbour's voice for each one, but in many ways it was our interplay between one another <laughs> that, gave, that gave voice. So, so mostly there, there, are, there are several neighbour stories woven into each one. Um, and initially, I mean, it was a messy process. <laughs> messy things are often most interesting. Well, oh, yeah. Um, but I had thought, um, naively, audaciously, I thought I would keep track um, throughout the passage of, it, of, of, of a year. The book begins in January 2017. It concludes, well, it's 18 months later, June 2018. And I thought I would more or less try and write in real time. Um that's a really difficult thing to yes. do, <laughs> especially when the pace of political events was speeding up um, in a way that really nobody could 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 keep um, yes. keep a hold on. So, um, in the end, what I did was match up my own diary accounts of um, of this bearing witness, this this, this testimony to, to everyday change on one street, with the transcripts of some sixty interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and through yeah a very messy process involving uh, scissors, paper, <laughs> everything set out in my on my floor, I, I sort of t- tried to identify. Okay, this really speaks to the right to food, for example, and, and we're here in one of the cafes that, yeah. that is, in, is in that chapter. Um, I mean, it's, it's <clears throat> you know you were saying that the street itself is messy for one of a better term. It's not yeah. like twos on one side and threes on the other, that's not the way it yeah. works. It's and not it a pretty uh, or, a, or a quaint or... It's a, not Stepford Waves or that kind of... You know, no, it's a messy, it. dirty, grubby, noisy street. It's a real street. It's a real street, the working street. Um, so, did you... Were people quite happy to talk? It sounds like they were. You were saying they actually offered up information that you weren't even asking for, but then... So... I think most of us like talking about ourselves if we feel it yeah. at ease. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's human na- nature. Um, I learnt quickly on that going in there with um, heavy-handed questions like what should be in a written constitution yeah. isn't so well received um, because um, it's quite dull for everything else. It, it, I needed to find that that common ground and our points of connection. So, so I asked people instead about, um, okay, this crossroads that we're on, how do you imagine it in 50 years' time? Or what would you like your grandchildren to find when they walk on this street? Um, And largely, we had those conversations, um, not sat opposite in formal interview style, but while sat side by side at the bar while pulling pints or um, out on a dog walk in the park and so um, there's a the trust comes from the human connection sure Um, was once the book came out everyone was happy that they they were you hope Um, so (laughs) not being hounded out of town yet people are waving at you as we were sitting in the cafe I know I guess Doing a book like this in your locale about, you know, you were saying at the beginning how when you sit down and you try to find points which are, uh, which we share, uh, you know, things that we have in common, but 
even to certain people that itself can be a divisive idea because I think you're right I think individually we instinctively want to do that but then there are some people that don't want to find those points yeah, in common absolutely and um, or don't want nosy so-and-so coming into their homes and asking questions and making and recording it and, and that's totally fine um, my experience with most people because they know me or we have a friend or a neighbour in common yeah. um, we're, we're, we're happy to be involved and um, there were a couple that didn't want to be formally recorded mm-hmm. um, or that for various reasons um, I made a judgement call yes, not to yeah. include a story because I felt it was either incriminating to them or someone else or because even though they'd consented their children would be directly identifiable and might, they might not want to read yeah. that yeah. interesting funny or or tender because we're all of those things aren't we as human beings in, in print so that was a judgement call that I had to make uh, sort of balancing up what seemed um, what seemed to me to be to be fair and sensitive um, and I made a commitment to do two things one to um, give a copy of this book to, to everyone mm-hmm. that had taken part in the project um, I'm still going about the distribution <laughs> of that actually um, and um, yeah by and large people have been very happy to, to hold something in their hands and others have been completely dismissive of it in a very very grounding humbling way when I handed over a copy to Adriano <coughs> during a Friday evening uh, rush hour in the chip shop yeah. <laughs> quite rightly just put it aside and was like alright I'll look at that later you know it, I've got people to it feed. might have been very important to me, <laughs> yeah. but it's um, you, you know it, it, it's not fish and chips, yeah. and, and that's that's a really good reminder. And that the second thing that I committed to doing in this project was quite separate of the book, um, but, but I, do, I do mention it at in, in, in the end that I would hold a meal as a thank you for people yeah. that had given their time. Um, part social experiment <laughs> to see how they would be with one another. And not everybody knew each other before then. Um, and by no means is this comprehensive of everybody who lives in Constitution Street, of which there will be hundreds. Yes, so it's, yes, it's a long street, nearly a mile. Um, it happened to be a snapshot of the people I encountered in, in, in that time frame yeah. of 18 months. Um, uh, and But that's that's as many as I could afford to, 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 to feed and to, uh, to come together in one space. Um, and that felt really special to be able, able to do that as a thank you. And, and you mentioned that the uh, um, <coughs> political situation while you were writing it was kind of, we've ne- probably never been in a time of such flux. Was that something that you took into account or were you thinking, no, I'm just going to keep writing this as I am writing it and asking these questions no matter what else is happening? I think the personal and the political are intrinsically yeah. linked. We're political beings. Yes. Um, and it, 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 it pervades the, mm-hmm. the mood. Um, I, I think we're still in a very anxious yeah. age. Um, so I found it helpful to pick up on um, headlines that would somehow bridge the local, national, international. Sure. So when I was interviewing Mary about her time running the port leaf and she talked about the Russian sailors it just so happened that the spy scandal, the poisoning of the Russian agents yeah. in the UK, that was all kicking off. And, and so that's an obvious reference point which um, roots 
her stories and my recording of them in a place and time. And hopefully that's helpful to the reader. Um, because it does seem to be right through that it's a book which has kind of the idea of care, a duty of care, if you like, and the sense of kindness that runs right through it. Um, you know, uh, that this idea that by, um, I suppose, treating other people as we would hope to be treated, that you can make these connections that... Um, I mean, it's a celebration of communities, I guess, is what I'm saying. But that idea of community is sometimes lost. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to sort of um, rose-tint I'm not suggesting you no, doing no, no. that, but um, this isn't... Um, uh, uh, this is my experience, anyway, of this street in this neighbourhood. We're not the sort of community where... Um, we sit around for dinner every evening together no. and, and lots of us want to be able to shut our door and have our privacy and our own lives in the neighbourhood but wherever we live I think it's a truism that we're interdependent we quite literally are negotiating shared space, yeah. the fabric of a street um, but we also do need each other in, during the moments of, of joy and, and crisis in, in lives um, we might be lucky enough to have connections nationally, internationally in our professional or social lives, but where we actively participate, where we give meaning to experience our life, whether it's singing in a choir or borrowing books or <clears throat> having a cup of coffee, posting a letter, these things are local, local. Yeah, I guess what I was thinking of was that for a long time the cult of the individual, if you like, has been almost prevalent and it's like, well, I look after me and then maybe I look after mine and, you know, hell mend anyone else. Yeah. Saying as well, the, the sense of loss that you get if that's the way you approach things is, is, is not just problematic, but you're really losing out. Well, my generation, by and large, are choosing to live alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's despite a housing crisis. Yeah. Um, so, with sort of the human need for connection hasn't lessened and yeah. there are studies that show that the loneliest people are often in their 20s and 30s it's not, yeah. it's not the oldies necessarily mm-hmm. so we know it's a human need to, to connect to one another um, and in many ways uh, the, sort of the Scottish city thing of tenement of stacking people yeah. together uh, that should be the paradigm yeah, yeah, really. yeah. absolutely um, but it's not without its frustrations far from it. No. Um, I mean, I'm thinking about you know, my current neighbours, and I love them all, for listening, but they're, you know, they're, they're really good neighbours. Sometimes you can be in a box. You might not be there, but, you know, and you know, these things get going. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. small community in the microcosm, really. Yeah, yeah, and there'll be people who are my neighbours who hate this book. <laughs> Nobody said that yet, yeah. but, but that, that, I mean, that's all fine. Yeah. You need to go and write their version. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it'd be very dull if we I all saw and, and heard the same things. The, it's the act of listening that I want to yeah, tap into. And that idea of going write your own version, even if you don't write your own version, have your own version and think about it. I think that's what it does. It makes you think about what's happening and made mm. me think about it. I was also thinking, though, about, you know, perhaps increasingly um, people choose to live on their own or uh, the demise of a common meeting place, you know, like the local pub, um, the, the church, whatever you think, um, yeah. a, the bingo even or anything like that, you know, these, these places have been 
Yeah. Yeah, getting less and less and less popular. So I think um, one of our strengths um, for resilience over the centuries, and it's it's, it's, it's now the case as well, that the the residential and the commercial mix of Constitution Street, my street is very special, so that um, we we rub along together um, having all different walks of life, actually, um, and, and just as a nature and ecosystem needs diversity yeah. for the strength of the whole. I think that's really, really important in the areas in which we live and a concern we have, and it's really, it feels very acute in Edinburgh as it does in other big cities, is the commercialisation of that public, that civic space. Yes. Um, that our, our parks and our squares and even our streets in yeah. the city centre to some extent um, have a, a, a commercial um, capitalist yeah. <laughs> uh, value and it's um, the people that, that, that walk them aren't always given a say or how do you want this space to be yes. do you want an expansion of the Christmas markets and Princess Street Gardens yeah. for example uh, exactly the overtaking spaces by other people or you know the local pub becomes owned by a different brewers but that might not be what the people who have been using that sometimes for generations uh, would want um, I mean you look as well as looking at the here and now, or at least the here and now when it was written, and the possibilities of looking forward. You also look at the kind of social history of it as well, and the changes that have happened through there. You, you talk about the Port of Leith Bar, and that seems that go back to pubs. Not just I, I bring it up by chance, but that they do seem to have been the hubs where a lot of the changes can be noted. Often because people have worked there for a long time. That's that's right. Yeah, um, it, it's a meeting point. <laughs> yeah. It's an obvious place. Of, of, of connection, of acceptance for, for many, um, and um, in a docks, it's a place where people have come off shifts. Um, it's often a place where the sex workers felt safe to, to, to go, um, and in the gentrification of an area of which um, there's a lot happening here, and there always has been, by the way, in a yeah. port. That's nothing new. Yes, there's always yes. been changes. I do think we have to be careful um, in not keeping things as they've always been. Some mm-hmm. of these, um, particularly the pub spaces, were very um, gendered. They weren't. Yeah. They didn't always feel safe to go into. And um, women and men have, have told me that for different reasons. Yeah. And um, we shouldn't keep a place frozen in time. No. That's not either. We just need to make sure um, that nobody's shut out and there's, there is something for everyone I suppose <laughs> I mean there were, a, there were a few famous pubs in Glasgow where it was only not that long ago that they got the ladies toilets and there was you know it was as you say it really wasn't a place that was welcoming um, but this idea of, of, of making people welcome um, when they they move in to an area because often certain areas the, the, the change is quite rapid and you saying you felt anxious, I suppose, about the rate of change in this area. Yeah. What, what and I'm part it? of that. I'm, yeah, I'm no, culpable no, absolutely, in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, places of hospitality, pubs are classic in this, mm-hmm. are also places of storytelling and receiving, aren't they? It's the giving and the exchanging yes. of information. It's a very creative act in, 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 its, in itself. So you, you mentioned that you saw this as something which was universal 
Um, and I feel that's right. Uh, but then I'm living a big city in Scotland as well, so it's been easier for me to kind of draw parallels. But right, the, the smaller kind of towns and villages and things like that, um, I mean, do you think it applies as much? Or? Well, it's interesting. In Scotland, um, the last 20 years of the Scottish Parliament, there's been big shifts, perhaps not big enough, but we're, we're going there for land reform. Mm. Um, community empowerment, to use the, the, the jargon from, from planning, and rural communities have got much to teach the urban ones, actually, yes. about self-organisation, about self-confidence, um, and holding power to account. Um, so probably the learning is, is, is both ways. Um, when I started um, researching writing this book, I was reading a lot of nature writing at the time, because it's, it's, it's had... Um, a real resurgence, hasn't it, um, in, in memoir yeah. and, and um, non-fiction in general. But rarely did that nature writing include people as part of the nature. It can be quite twee sometimes. Yes. Um, and so I'm interested in the, um, the na- nature in the urban setting, yeah. which is everywhere, not just foxes and seagulls. No, that's right. Um, but the way that the... About, I mean, nature is reclaiming uh, desolate parts of the docks. There are trees, tree branches coming out of disused cranes at the end of the street. You go and take a look, pigeons nesting in there. Um, that's really fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because at the beginning of the book, there's a map, of course, if you wanted to come yourself. And, uh, but there's also various um, images throughout too. And I find those really interesting because often they are not tourist pictures of, you know, they're often just bits of buildings, you know, maybe they're not easily recognisable, you'd have to kind of go along and and choose them yourself. What was the thinking behind that side of the book? Um, Well, it's quite deliberate on my part. I always knew visually I wanted um, images to act like pausing places, as you would on approaching a street corner, you might pause. Um, and not, it's not the classic um, postcard shot that you're snapping in your mind. It's possibly a, a, a close-in of an architectural detail, or it's the petals and the yellow road markings, or it's a weed growing out of a gutter. These are the little things that you notice and mentally take a, a, a snap of. So I wanted that to act as little um, breathers, if you want, in between the chapters of this book um, because each one should be standalone it's its own human right um, but they're a collective whole yeah. uh, you could read them separately yes. or, or, or it's a collective whole and um, I, I, I like when genre blends into one another mm-hmm. so I really like myself um, I suppose they would be my uh, reference points um, stylistically when, when, when books do cross genres so there are visuals um, and bits of poetry or song as well as um, narrative voice um, and that's that's the experience I think of, of walking a street, it's the things overheard yeah. and seen um, it's never a straight line, it's a meandering line. And it's, it's just struck me as you were mentioning that, that increasingly I think there is this um, move towards art, um, often collaborative art, where people are taking pictures of a part of their locale which is running down, or, or nature is finding a way through, or they're accompanying it with um, either film shows, or poetry, or, um, or maps which are hand-drawn, and, you know, there are different ways of doing it. There does seem to be 
celebration of imperfect in a way. Well, we're, we're great scrapbook um, cuttings, which by, by and large, that, look at the success of Instagram. Yeah. We've all got, we've got, we've got a camera phone. We all like to be documentary makers and editors of our own autobiographies. Yeah. We like to record and make permanent the impermanent. It somehow gives us reassurance um, given the... Um, our own mortality and brevity of experience that we can record something for permanence and it's part of listening isn't it and you yeah. heard there's a sense of that only matters if somebody's going to look at my phone snaps or follow me on social media that was a there's already a conversation i am being listened to by the yeah. act of, of somebody else somebody liking seeing, you know, something and yeah it's like a wee stroke isn't it feels nice yeah. so i think that stuff is important and um People used to say it's the end of the heart of the paper book, isn't it? Nonsense. We yes. like the tactility of holding yeah. something. Um, it feels grounding in an anxious time. Do you know what I hadn't even thought? But even you know, I have an Instagram account and often walk around the south side of Glasgow and take pictures of a, a mushroom which has appeared suddenly in the side of the road, and that's exactly it. You know, it's like well, you know, here's the finding a way, suddenly this, this life is found a way. You're having a moment, a yeah. moment with yourself, yes. but then it keeps, it repeats, because um, by, by sharing, you're self-publishing, and there's a, there's a viewer, there's a listener, yeah. So, um, a lot of people wrote about the book, and I, I think I did myself, this was a, a book for our times, it was very right now and everything, but the more I think about it, and go back to read it again, it's kind of... As you say, if you'd written it another time, it would have been a different book. But the themes behind it are all, are they are kind of, they are universal. It's not just that you thought, well, I guess what did you mean by age of anxiety? There's a big question for you. <laughs> well, nice alliteration, yeah. let's be honest. But, um, so I'm interested in anxiety. It's having a moment, yes, isn't it? Certainly is, um, yeah. We're all being a lot more open about um, mental health, the ups and downs of. of mental health and um, anxiety in particular I think it's attributed to um, to my generation those born 1980 onwards I'm sort of on the, the cusp of that the older side of those who um, had job insecurity mm-hmm. difficulty buying a house and um, who seemingly have it all <laughs> the digital world, everything's at our fingertips and yet it's information overload we feel completely out of control yeah. because there's just too much to take in and, and too much to take, take in and I think that's another reason why we take lots of photos it, 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 it's a genuine moment of saying, oh I see this beauty and I'm in the world and I'm part of it yeah. and, um, instead of just maybe taking it in and having a memory it's like I need to yeah. let other people know this that matters I matters and I matter because I see it and I experience it yeah. um, and we all experience anxiety in different ways, but um, <clears throat> I think um, the pace of change and, and, and in the last decade, the, um, the rise of fake news and um, not having a, 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 not being able to trust what's real and what's mm-hmm. real in the media like never before as well as um, populist movements and the manipulation um, of marginalised, um, really pitting the poor against the marginalised continually yes, yes. Um, to, 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 the, to political aim, ends um, has been very disconcerting and it's making people anxious. And it's 
Throughout all the interviews, it's something that everybody could relate to in different, yeah. in, in different, in different ways. It's, 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 a, it's a human emotion yes. and experience. Because <clears throat> you make, if you get to make connections, you see, you're not going to like everyone. You're not going to love everyone. It's not like you know, it's not just no. rose-tinted no. or idealistic. But if you make the connection, then there's still that, I, I know who that person is. I, and it's not, it doesn't become a faceless or um, stereotyped uh, a group of people, which I think is often, well, we, you know, even, in a, even in, on a street, that can be the case. You're, you're right. And, and we also have, are, are in times where certainty is valued above all else. Yeah. That we expect of our of one another and particularly of our elected leaders we want them to be absolutely certain about things we don't like hesitation or doubt or ambiguity um, it's, 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 a, it's a weakness to change your mind on something when actually it's a strength I think yes. to reveal your vulnerability and say based on new information or um, experiences I've had I actually think yeah. this now um, because we're all somewhere in that middle space, just as the topography of a place is in between, as I mentioned earlier yeah. in our conversation. That 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 middle space, the messy middle, um, is, is is the most interesting one. And the original expression "age of anxiety" is not mine. It comes from 1930s and 40s. Yeah. Um, so there's the there's the Bernstein suite, um, which is in turn based on the Auden poem and um, the Hopper paintings um, of cafes and yeah. bars and yes, corners, yes, corners, as much yeah. as we are just now. Um, and there's much made of the parallels politically of the 1930s to the times now we're in Europe. So for me, that echo back the age of anxiety, um, but ultimately finding hope despite yeah. it all. Yes, yes, I mean, that's, <laughs> uh, that's made, right. Uh, seems to be the right fit. Yeah. And a few months on now from it being published, you say if you were to write it now, it would be a different book again. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it looking back on it now? Or is it still too uh, close? Well, I'm, I'm proud of, um, of, of the effort, mm-hmm. um, and I'm really pleased that it's been well received. Um, it's, it's of a moment in, in time, and yes, it would be different, different people, <laughs> and I'd be a different person, of course, I would, from writing it. Um, and I won't always live on this, this, this street yeah. either and it's time to, to go elsewhere and, um, and when you go there they'll say well, are you going to write a book about us? And, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't think I, I, I will I think I'm, I want to do other, other things now um, but I'll, I, I certainly hope um, I'll always be open to surprises. <laughs> well, I think it's uh, an inspirational book for all sorts of reasons, but even on the level of making me look at where I live and think about where I live uh, uh, more deeply than I think I had previously. Um, and I think that's the perfect place to leave it. So thank you very much, Gemma, for talking to us. Thank you, pleasure. And we'll be back soon uh, with something completely different. Cheers. Mm-hmm.